0: Hello and a very warm welcome to you, our dear listener. This is the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. We have a great show lined up for you. Thanks for joining us. I am your host, Monica Kamokwa. Starting off the show for us today is Lydia Achien. We'll be talking about why can't we hear correctly on Family Life. Then later on, Ian Muse will join us in the Bible segment with the topic, Work Out Your Salvation. But first, let's get the song, Begu Zakirohoni, by Mangu Voice of Hope. Stay
1: tuned. (laughs) Ni me panne me senza chiro ni la sonda taribu Var è smocco di erudi po tat tu tchu qua Ya kartiz la shida ya kartiz aleo tu Yakai ZASHIDA,
2: shira, ya ZALEO BANA leo.
1: Bai na ye sumu kosi yaruri po, ai tai chuchukuwa. Nimashikan jiayam bingunin jiayam milerem. Manza nimsalabakali varri, kwa upole kabisam. Nimeshika njia ya mbingu, ninji ya ya mile. Mwanzo ni kwa upole kabisa. Nyakachi za shida, nyakachi za leo. La catizza sfida, la catizza Leo. Vana Yesu smoco così जरुरी po, a tat tu tukuwa. Vana è smoco così जरुरी po, a tat tu tukuwa. Vana
0: Welcome back dear listener, that was Begu Zakirohoni by Mangu Voice of Hope. You're listening to the new live program coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Here comes Lydia Achieng with more on why can't we hear correctly. Stay tuned and be on the know.
3: Hello, dear listener. Welcome to today's Family Life program. I'm your presenter, Lydia Acheng. Today we'll talk about why can't we hear correctly. The saying goes, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. He wants us to be better prepared to listen than to speak. That sure goes a long way with the Bible verse that says, Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. That's in James chapter 1, verse 19. For some reason, listening seems to be a skill that too many of us will underuse. We need to get rid of what authors Dallas and Nancy Demitt call the how-can-I-get-you-to-shut-up-and-listen-to-me mindset and replace it with the what can I do to create a what-can-I-do-to-create-a-safe-place-where-understanding-can-take-root-and-grow. The Bible says, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. That's in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15. Are you being wise and seeking out knowledge about your spouse? Not just regurgitating what they say and then voicing what you decided to say anyway. Are you truly listening not only to the words but to their heart and to the meaning behind their words? That's difficult to do because it takes self-discipline and discernment and selflessness. Please take note of what author H. Norman Wright writes on the topic of listening from the book How to Change Your Spouse Without Ruining Your Marriage because we could learn something this is what Dr. Wright says on this subject when both husband and wife recognize the importance of listening objectively and giving each other full attention they're taking big steps towards building strong lines of communication it's important to identify some of the attitudes that prevent a husband or wife from listening listening to these statements may be uncomfortable but that may indicate a problem attitude i'm right and you're wrong when this is the attitude you become preoccupied with proving this to your partner and you embark on a crusade to convince him or her which usually backfires you don't hear your partner you're at fault when blame is the name of the game you see yourself as innocent and your spouse as guilty you're convinced he or she should be blamed you don't listen to your partner i'm the victim If you have a need to feel you've been victimized and your partner is insensitive as well as selfish, you won't hear the explanations or the apologies. Your partner can express it a dozen different ways, but you won't really listen. Self-blindness There's no way that you see yourself contributing to a problem. You complain about your partner and fail to see how you both cooperate and participate in the issue. The barriers are up against hearing your spouse's perspective. Domination phobia You're afraid if you listen to your partner, you'll be controlled, having to do it in his or her way. You hit the listen-off switch when your spouse makes suggestions to you. Defensiveness You live with the fear of being criticized. You don't listen to evaluate what is said, but reject all statements. Sometimes you expect to be criticized, so you hear it when it's not even there. Mistrust You don't trust your partner. You believe your husband or wife is lying before he or she says anything. You feel that if you show any indication that you're listening, your partner will take advantage of you. Self-centeredness. This can also be called selfishness or narcissism. There is no understanding directed toward the other person's needs or concerns. Your partner is hardly even thought of except to deny his or her right to feel, behave, or say anything to contradict you. These attitudes keep growth and change from taking place. Is there a difference between listening and hearing? Yes, there is. Hearing is gaining content or information for your own purposes. Listening is caring for and being empathetic toward the person who is talking. Hearing means that you're concerned about what's going on inside yourself during the conversation. Listening means you're trying to understand the feelings of your spouse and are listening for the sake of the other person. Let me give you a threefold definition of listening. Listening means that when your spouse is talking to you, 1. You're not thinking about what you're going to say when he or she stops talking. You aren't busy formulating your response. You're concentrating on what is being said and are putting it into practice. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. It also means you're looking at the person and listening with your eyes as well as with your ears. Two, you're accepting what is being said without judging what he or she is saying or how it's being said. You may fail to hear the message if you're thinking that you don't like your spouse's tone of voice or words. You may react to the tone and content and miss the meaning. Perhaps your spouse hasn't said it in the best way, but why not listen and come back later when both of you are calm and discuss the proper wording and tone of voice? Acceptance doesn't mean you have to agree with the content of what is said. Rather, it means that you understand that what your spouse is saying is something he or she feels is important. 3. You should be able to repeat what your spouse has said and what you think he or she was feeling while speaking to you. Real listening implies an obvious interest in your spouse's feelings and opinions and an attempt to understand them from your perspective. It means you let your partner know, I hear and understand what you're saying and I want to respond. When you listen to another person, you can actually disarm him or her, especially when you're being criticized. Arguing with a critic rarely works, but agreeing builds up a closer relationship. When you listen, you don't defend yourself but neither do you have to agree with all that is said. If you can find some small element of truth to agree with, your spouse will be less on the offensive and more open to listening to you and considering your request. As a result, your desire for him or her to change may receive consideration. Keep in mind what the Bible says. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. We pray this message ministers to your marriage. This message is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you.
0: For those of you who are just joining us, this is the new live program with me, Monica Kamoko, your host. Coming to you live from the heart of Nairobi, this is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. If you wish to drop comments, suggestions, or questions, do so through the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box four two two seven six, code 100 Nairobi, Kenya. Or email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Now that that is off the way, here is a song One Day at a Time by Mangu Voice of Hope. Don't change the channel.
1: I'm only human I'm just a young man Help me believe All that I can be And all that I am Show away. I have to plan, Lord for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time, one day at a time, Free Jesus, that's all that I'm asking from you. Give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Help me today, show me the way. One day at a time One day at a time Sweet Jesus That's all that I'm asking from you Just give me the strength To do every day What I have to do Yes, today Tomorrow may never be mine Help me today Show me the way One day at a time Do you remember When you walked among men As you know, if you look in below, it's worse now than then. Pushing and shoving, violence and crime, so for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. And they are at a time, sweet Jesus That's all that I'm asking from you You give me the strength to do every day what I have to do Yes that is gone, sweet Jesus Tomorrow may never be mine Help me today Show me the way One day at a time One day at a time Sweet Jesus That's all that I'm asking from you Give me the strength To do every day What I have to do Yesterday is gone Sweet Jesus And tomorrow may never be mine Help me today Show me the way One day Time, sweet Jesus, that's all that I'm asking from you. You give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yes, time is gone, sweet Jesus. And tomorrow may never be mine. Help me today, Lord show me the way, one day at a
0: time. My dear listener, thanks for choosing our station, We Are Because You Are. Please join me as I welcome Ian Mose for the Bible segment. His message is, Work Out Your Salvation. Be blessed.
2: Greetings in Jesus' name, dear listener. Welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is working out your salvation, and it's based on the book of Philippians. Chapter 2. I'm your presenter, Ian Muse. If I want to quit smoking, yet I don't throw everything out, every cigarette, every ashtray, every little lighter that reminds me of the habit, am I serious about quitting? No. If I keep even half a cigarette at home, I'm really telling myself I'm going to fail. And I'm keeping it there for when I fail. It's talking yourself right into defeat. The only way to victory is to get rid of everything that reminds you of that habit. If I want to quit listening to hard rock music because I realize it's ruining my Christian experience, but I have my stereo set up in the living room and I have all my rock tapes and CDs displayed there, do you think that I will actually quit? Is it likely that I'll be delivered from it when I'm being tempted every time I walk in the living room? No. I must throw them all away. Because every time I see those tapes and CDs, the flesh, carnal nature, is going to crave that music. Don't purposely allow sin to surround you while asking to be delivered from it. Don't keep drugs in the house and ask to be delivered from drugs. Don't keep alcohol in your home or in your car or at your workplace while asking to be delivered from it. Don't keep pornographic material in the house and say, Lord, I don't want to last. If you really want to make the biblical claim, I am dead to sin. Romans 6 verse 2 to 11. Get rid of the things that tempt you and then you will gain the victory. If we keep wrong things around us, it's a sign that we don't really believe that we can be delivered from them. By our actions, we are saying that we are planning at some point to pick up right where we left off. Now that this point is very important in God's plan for victory over bad habits, James chapter 1 verse 12 to 15 declares, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of love, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted When he is drawn away Of his own lust and enticed Then when lust hath conceived It bringeth forth sin The devil cannot make you do anything The devil can pressure you The devil can persecute you The devil can solely tempt you But God has not allowed the devil The ability, power To make you or me sin For sin to occur we must first allow the temptation into our minds. The Bible says, When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. James chapter 1 verse 15 It can be a lust for alcohol, a lust for smoking, a lust for honor, a lust for overeating, a lust for impatient or angry, or to use profanities, or some other carnal thing. When the lustful thought comes to your mind, a door appears. You can allow the wrong thought in, or you can slam the door shut. Remember that to be tempted by a sinful thought is not sin. To allow the thought to conceive and grow until you cherish it, however, is sinful. Let's say that I want to quit smoking, and the thought, smoke a cigarette, comes to my mind. If I sit and think, mm, will I smoke that cigarette or not? My! that smoke will taste really good right now. What am I doing? Am I allowing the thought to conceive? I'm inviting it into my mind and cherishing it until the thought builds so big that finally, in desperation, I exclaim, Oh, I've just got to smoke. Then, before I know it, that's exactly what I'll do. Many smokers fail to quit because they continually say to themselves, I'm trying to quit smoking. Look at me. Aren't I in a terrible strait. I feel sorry for myself. Is it any wonder that they go back to smoking when they are constantly thinking about it? Their failure is in thinking and thinking about the cigarette instead of immediately claiming power from the one who has well, power, and say, No, thank you, Lord, for the victory. I am dead to it. Sinful thoughts are immediately rejected, have no power. Practice it and see. Habits are formed in the mind whenever the same thought pattern travels over and over again through the brain. You build up a superhighway that says yes to the sinful habit. What you are now attempting to do is say highway closed and then build another superhighway that says no to the habit. The wonderful thing about this process is that every time the mind is told no thank you Lord for the victory I am dead to the habit. It will accept new thought pattern more easily the next time and still more easily the next and the next until it becomes very easy to resist temptation and the evil habit has no strength. Learning to retrain my bad habits has been one of the most powerful things I have learned since becoming a Christian. When tempted with an unchristian-like thought, reject it immediately. Don't wait five seconds. Don't even wait seconds. When the thought comes, say no. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. I am dead to it. And then focus your thoughts on something else. To do this, you must first place something positive in your mind, and the best thing to fill it with scripture. When Satan assailed Jesus three times with strong temptations, three times Jesus immediately replied, It is written, when tempted to do wrong, you and I should also answer, From the word of God, it is written. Focus on God's power, not on your problem. Remember the promise, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 The call of God to a world lost in sin is found in Isaiah chapter 45 verse 22. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. We so often fail, when temptations attack because we concentrate on the evil thought to the point of cherishing it rather than training our minds to instantly look to the one whose power enables us to shun the thought immediately. Let us praise God for making a way for Christians to successfully resist the devil's attack. The preaching of the cross is the power of God to us who are saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. The original Greek more accurately translates the last part of this verse as those who are in the process of being saved. If we don't have enough power to deal with the temptations we are meeting, then we are not focusing our minds on the cross. The cross was God's remedy for sin. It demonstrated to us just how awful sin really is in God's sight. If we can just look at the cross, the symbol of God's incredible love to us in giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins, and see what our sins did to Jesus there, we will long to be free from them. One reason so many of us have such a hard time with our personal sins is that we measure them against what we consider to be larger, more hideous crimes. By comparison, we don't think of them as very bad. We don't use the same measuring stick God uses. So they don't appear in our sight to be sins that we need to flee from as fast as possible. The ultimate way to quit sinning is to sense what sin costs. The best way to sense what it costs is to realize what it costs God. We must come face to face with the fact that any sin we have labeled small is in reality terrible enough in the sight of God to merit the death of his son. Only when we finally comprehend the price that was paid in order for that sin to be forgiven will it become loathsome in our sight. We will shun it entirely and find the victory we long for so deeply. My prayer is that you can always become victorious. Remain blessed. Amen. I was your presenter, Ian Muse.
0: Thank you for staying tuned throughout the show. I hope you're blessed just like I was. Don't forget to send us your views, comments, or questions about the show to the producer Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276, Code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya. Email us at awrnairobi at eku.adventist.org. Until we meet again, I have been your host, Monica Kamokwa, God bless you abundantly.
1: I'm only a man. I'm just a young man. Help me believe all that I can be and all that I am. Show me the stairway. Lord, for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all that I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength. To do every day what I have to do Yesterday has gone, sweet Jesus And tomorrow may never be mine Help me today, show me the way One day at a time time, sweet Jesus, that's all that I'm asking from you. Just give me the strength